what are you hoping to hear today? What are you seeking? That is the question the risen Jesus asked Mary that first Easter Sunday. And it's the same question I have for you. Why are you listening to this podcast? Are you hoping to hear a word of hope? Some insight you've never considered before? Are you hoping to be convinced that Jesus really rose from the dead or something else? Easter is an old story, but it speaks new words to us because we are in a different place today than we were last year. Welcome to Sermons for a Critical Faith, a ministry of First Presbyterian Church where faith is nurtured, curiosity encouraged, diversity welcomed, and all are loved. If you are in the Lincoln area, come visit us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And if you'd like to know more about our church, visit fpclincoln.org. Now let's hear the story of Mary coming to the tomb on that first Easter morning and an Easter sermon by the Reverend Dr. Sue Collar. From the book of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings laying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their home. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascended 
to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. A word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God. Why are you here today? I know it's Easter Sunday. I know that for many of us, we grew up where even if we weren't church people, we went to church on Easter because somebody in our family went and it was important to them. My dad was not a churchgoer, but on Easter Sunday, he went to church with us all. It was important to my mom. So, you know, it's what you do. You go to church on Easter Sunday. So maybe you don't fall in that category of coming just because there's someone in your family who said, I want you to come with me. Why are you here? Those of you who are in church every Sunday, why do you keep coming back? You've heard the story before. Jesus died, Mary went to the tomb, the tomb was empty, she finds the risen Lord, she goes out and tells people. It's an old story. So you haven't come to hear the story in a new way. You've come to hear the same old story. You have come to sing the same songs. I don't know when the last time was that I actually learned a new Easter hymn in Sunday, uh, in, in worship on Sunday. Chances are, no matter what the preacher is preaching, whether it's me or somebody else, it's going to be a version of a sermon you've probably already heard. And yet we keep coming back. Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. Like Mary going to the cemetery to anoint Jesus' body, we have come to hear those old stories. We have come to, to sing the familiar songs, and we have not come to be surprised. So again, why are we really here? A very similar question was asked to Mary that very first Easter morning when Mary left alone in the cemetery grieving the missing body of her friend. Someone, she thinks it's the gardener, comes and asks her, what are you looking for? Who are you seeking? Why are you here? And her answer reflected the absence of hope. She was seeking the body of her friend so she could perform the last rites on behalf of the community that loved him. That's why she was there. She came to remember who, she was, who he was and to grieve a future that would never be. She was not seeking a word of hope. She wasn't looking for good news. She was literally looking for a dead body. And that's the thing about Easter. It promises a new future never before imagined to people who aren't looking for it, to people who did not come for that purpose. What Easter promises, though, is not life after death. I know that's a major part of our faith, but that belief actually preceded Jesus. It preceded that very first Easter. Our Jewish ancestors believed that there was life after death. Death was not the end of our existence. And nor does Easter promise the forgiveness of sins. God has been forgiving sins since the very beginning of time and fortunately still is. What Easter promises is much more profound. But you will miss it 
if you think all we are doing today is celebrating God's power over death. The Gospel of John makes it very clear that the story isn't over in the cemetery. Mary's world is turned upside down when Jesus calls her name, and her first instinct is to try to grab hold of him. She must have been in shock. I imagine she probably was speechless for a moment there. But her first instinct after that is to grab hold of him. And Jesus' response is not to give her a hug or give her words of comfort. It's to say, don't touch me. Don't hold on. You see, in John's gospel, Jesus' resurrection was not the climax of the story. I know we have grown up thinking it was, but it isn't. His ascension was. Jesus told Mary that she couldn't hold on to him because he had not yet finished ascending to God. Resurrection is complete when Jesus is reunited with God. That is the trigger that sets loose his spirit in this world and among his disciples. And it is the loosing of his spirit that creates all of us into a community of faith that can withstand the demons of this world. Professor Gail O'Day says his ascension marks permanent or makes permanent what was temporary in the incarnation, God with us. It makes sense. If Jesus was God with us, God in the flesh, and he has died, and now he's ascending to God, is God still with us? But in that ascension and being reunited with God, Jesus' spirit, God's spirit, is set loose back in the world. So Easter is not about escaping this world. And it's not about celebrating that God is more powerful than death. It's about God with us. It's about God in us and God in the world. It's about being a community that engages this world in the power of God's Spirit a community that lives out God's love in word and action, just as Jesus did. It's about seeing God all around us, because Easter set God's Spirit loose in the world, and there is no place that God's Spirit cannot go and has not gone. Easter is about seeing God in us, not just individually, but as a community, that was Jesus' prayer on the night he died. He prayed to God that his disciples would be one with each other, one with God, one in each other, and one in God like Jesus was in God. That's really powerful. I mean, think about that. We think about God as some entity, some thing, some being that's out there and apart from us. And Jesus' prayer was that God would be so intertwined with us that there would be a peace of God in each and every one of us and in our community together. That was Jesus' prayer. And so Easter is about claiming the promise of that prayer, claiming God in us so that we can be the spirit and presence of God in the world. Easter 
There's a defiant hope. A defiant hope that says, death is real, but it will never have the last word. That last word belongs always to God, who is powerfully present in us and through us and among us. If you have at any point in your life hope to hear the words that God is with you, then Easter is for you. But like Mary found, Easter also requires a choice. You can't live in the power of the Spirit. You can't live in the presence of God and hold on to the past with a death grip. You have to let go. As Jesus said, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to this image of what was this body. Let go so I can be all that God intended me to be for you. So if we really want Easter to have power in our lives, we have to let go of that desire to return to how things were. We have to be open to whatever new thing God is doing among us and in us. We have to let go of the things that hold us back grudges and fears. Let God's Spirit work in you to heal them so you can set them back, set them aside, and then go where God is leading you. You have to stop trying to make it on your own. Immerse yourself in a community of faith. Jesus' prayer was never that, would we, that we would be strong individually, it's that we would be strong together. We sometimes forget that. We grow up in a, a nation that talks about our individuality, and we celebrate that. We almost worship that. But Easter is not an individual experience, nor is faith. It is a community experience. Jesus' next words to Mary were not, go home and ponder what has just happened. It was, go and tell. Yeah, Mary was the very first person commissioned to preach the gospel. Go and tell the others, death did not win. Go and tell the others, the Holy Spirit is about to be set loose among you. Go and tell the others, your new life is just beginning. Go and tell the others, I am making you a community never before seen in this world, born of the power of God's very Spirit. That Holy Spirit is what Easter is about. And it makes us at a community as imperfect as we may be. Kind of as a sign there says, God looks at us and says, you're good enough. I can do something with you and I can do something in you. And so the Holy Spirit brings us together as a community. And together we learn how to live this new life together. We learn how to grasp onto a hope for things we never before imagined. We encourage each other which is especially important in a world that still seems full of death and demons. That is the difficult part of Easter. It would be wonderful if Easter meant that all the demons of the world were banished. It would be wonderful if Easter meant that death literally was no more. It would be wonderful if Easter meant that God's kingdom had was coming down through that spirit in its fullness and that everything would be good, everyone would have enough, no one would live in fear, everyone could eat the fruits of their own labor, a land flowing with milk and honey. That would be ideal. That would be a wonderful thing to celebrate on Easter. But that was not what Easter was about. 
Easter doesn't mean the demons of this world are banished. God did not eliminate death. There are still demons in this world. But we don't have to give demons and death power over us because we have learned through Easter that their power is limited and temporary. And that too is why Easter is a community experience. We sometimes have to remind each other of that. We have to remind each other that it was God who raised Christ from the dead and not Caesar. So let me ask you one more time. What are you seeking? What are you hoping for? Why do you keep coming back? I'll tell you why I keep coming back. And it's not just because it's my job to be here on Sunday mornings. I keep coming back because I also need my hope renewed. I sometimes forget that the demons don't have the power that I think they do. I sometimes forget that in the eternal scope of things, they are temporary. And even I sometimes forget that we're actually made for community. We don't have to do everything all by ourselves. Even I sometimes slip and don't live as this new, in this new creation, in this new hope that God has given us. So I come to be reminded that we are a people of hope, that we are a people of resurrection, that we are a community powered by the Holy Spirit. I come to be reminded that because Christ lives, we live. Theology professor Amy Plantinga Powell said, Easter is an awkward in between time for Mary and Jesus, in which old patterns and assumptions make way for the new. I'd never before thought about Easter as awkward, for Mary, much less Jesus. But her point was that they were both still in the process of becoming. Jesus was still in the process of reunion with God and Mary was still in the process of moving from death to life, from the cemetery into a new way of being in the world. She was still in that process of being one who thinks death is the end to being one who knows the power of love to defeat the powers of this world. I think a lot of us are still in that process of becoming it's hard to navigate this world as we know it with all its demons and at the same time know we're living in a world where those demons hold no power. It's hard to navigate a world where good seems to lose and yet believe that the power of God can overcome everything. And it's hard to let go of those things that hold us back from fully choosing to live as resurrected people of hope. Hope requires us to be open to new ways of being, and I don't think we're fully there yet. I think we're still in the process of becoming. It's still awkward for us, and we are still wrestling like Mary with trying to understand what does Jesus' resurrection really mean for us, and how do we live grounded in a community born of that spirit. So on this Easter Sunday, let us remember, even if we don't fully understand it, even if, if we can't fully live into it yet, let us remember 
Christ is risen. The Holy Spirit is let loose in this world. Love will never be defeated. And all the power of the living God is in us and among us. There is nothing in this world that can kill our hope or God's power. Let us remember to help each other find our way out of the cemetery. Friends, Jesus Christ is risen, and all God's people said, He is risen indeed. Thanks for listening. You can access all of our previous episodes on Anchor or your favorite source for podcasts. Find out more about us at fpclincoln.org or join us on Facebook.